to the Irish NFL show. Um, recovery, maybe. Recovery after the Christmas period. Certainly a lot to get through tonight on the back of the week 16, the crazy weekend that was over the Christmas period. Colin, you're very welcome to the show. Yeah, certainly uh, an interesting weekend. I think some of the games went maybe ways we didn't expect or certainly played out a little, little bit differently. And... Um, Obviously, some um, interesting news involving my own team over the the weekend after we shipped 51 points to the Rams. Yeah, certainly was a penny for your thoughts watching that game on on Christmas night. Uh, Before we get into that uh, news, and which is that uh, Hackett has lost his job as the Broncos head coach, and then we get through the games and talk about all the playoff permutations and scenarios ahead of us this weekend. As always, the Irish NFL show is is presented by Cassidy Travel. They are already... Considering uh, next season, uh, one exciting season we've had, we haven't even got to the playoffs, but they're already planning for next season. You can pre-register your interest for a game, a trip of your choice to the States to watch a game next season. And um, that information will be, as as has been over the course of the last week, available via social media platforms and as well in the bio for each podcast. should check that out. Okay, got them, man. Let's get into it. And the Broncos inevitably made that decision yesterday evening. They dropped about five o'clock Irish time, which is, I was taken very early in the morning, nine o'clockish um, mountain time, uh, which came as no surprise. Bergen by what we saw from them on Christmas night in a game, which many thought they would go in and win with on the on the back of a really strong defensive performance. But in fact, that wasn't the case. They were seventy and nil down early after a number of interceptions from Russell Wilson, and unfortunately, um, it's it's come to pass that, as we said on our message yesterday, uh, the Broncos have decided to have their own Black Monday, and he's been relieved of his duties. It probably doesn't. Cause a surprise your your thoughts uh, yesterday as you brought as the news broke. Yeah, um, look, uh, I mean the, the fact it was fifty one, it could have been seventy one. I mean, Russ basically could have been picked off in that very first throw, and um, he was it was a shambles. But I I think the the press conference today told a lot, um, because they they said that it wasn't in relation to um what happened, but then they also talked about the embarrassment. And they talked about the off-field stuff. So you saw uh, on Sunday in terms of uh, Dalton Reisner, who is the Broncos' Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee, um, getting into an argument uh, with the backup QB that was over the fact that, and people have pointed out, and there have been videos, that none of the O-line guys have been going to help Russell Wilson up off of the turf when he's been sacked. That is probably telling in and of its own right. And then you saw Randy Gregory um, be pulled from the, the game before he could be ejected and then get into a fight at the end. So I think, you know, it was clear at that point, you know, the, the, the trade had come off the, the tracks. Very interesting press conference today. Um, the new head coach will report to the owner rather than the GM. Um, I, George, George Payton, it sounds like, has been sidelined quite a bit. I think they're trying to ensure that the... Um, you know, the, the new head coach will be very much who the owners want. And I think what you're looking at there is that if things, you know, depending on how it goes with Russell Wilson, whether he's back, um, you know, what whatever happens, that the the new head coach, uh, even if they move on from George Payton, will be their guy. Um, I did uh, earlier on talk in depth with Zach Seekers after that um, press conference happened because it was quite telling. There were things that were said that were kind of what you expect, the cliches, 
accountability and moving forward and all that sort of stuff. But there were some nuggets in there and they gave some things away. And the way in which um, Penner, I suppose, took control and the way in which at times he passed questions off to George Payton was quite telling. So there is a podcast up uh, on all our uh, podcast networks, wherever you listen to your podcast, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get them uh, in depth with Zach Seekers talking all about um, the fallout, the hackett sacking, what might happen next. And also in relation to Russell Wilson, because a lot of debate and discussion now about Russ and um, when you can move on uh, from him and what a, a new head coach might look to do. So, yeah, lots, lots happened in uh, Broncos country over the weekend. Yeah, very good podcast. And various comments took time out this evening to listen to it. And a lot covered in that hour, in that just short of an hour. Um, it makes for a really good listen. Even if you're not a Broncos fan, it's interesting to hear the thought process. Um, I, look, the most intriguing piece for me today, and you've rightly called on here, is the fact that this, They've both been taking responsibility away from Peyton. I, I asked a question now, and maybe it's something he's will cover in due course. Further down the line, will he be the GM come the next season? Is that something that's potentially we won't, we don't want to literally un, you know, unfold everything immediately? But the fact that he's already been removed outside the process is intriguing. Um, yeah, look, it's a, it's a difficult week. I think that for Broke as well as the case, get the season over with. It doesn't really. And any better with the Chiefs and Chargers to come, albeit Chargers during the playoffs. So interesting, uh, interesting off season ahead for the Broncos, as it always seems to be these days. Uh, it's never a never short of a story. And um, we will get into the games now, and we'll start with um, the Giants. We'll start with the Giants and, and the Vikings. And whilst the Giants lost this game, they still were a winner in a way because everybody else who was in the background looking to make make hay to on the Giants' loss um, didn't win at the weekend. We'll, we'll get into the other games, but. Everyone, with the exception of the backers, who all of a sudden have put themselves back in the in the the running. Um, the Giants lost twenty seven twenty four to the Vikings. Um, Vikings like Michael Lombardi has been on the show recently, and he keeps calling it out. And it's it's so true. They keep winning these games, and the the teams are getting on the plane, going home, wondering how they haven't won. Um, I can I can explain as to why how the Giants didn't win. There was in put situations in the game. There was an, a key interception when they looked like they were going in to score at least a field goal. Then obviously there's the block punt when they made the decision to punt it back late in the game and, and that resulted in a Jefferson touchdown which made it even more difficult to the Giants still rallied and went down and scored and got the two-point conversion and there was also a, a fumble in his significant drive as well when it looked like they were about, about to go in and score when Bellinger got, uh, was hit out with the ball so another fumble. But like this Vikings team, everybody's kind of down on them because... They keep winning these close games and everybody feels they're in the false position. But now they've, they're setting records. They've got 11 one-score wins this season. It's an NFL record this year. Nobody else can match that. And you saw the emotion on the sideline at the end with Kevin O'Connell. I think I parents have felt they knew they, they kind of got over the nine in this one. I look at our stats today. Um, field goal over nine. It's stats. Um, since 2016, there's been 15 um, over 60-yard field goals. Um, and only two have been made. With the exception of the Giants, where the Giants have been involved in those games, there's been three attempts, and all three have been made. So, we're of course, when it comes to over 60-yard field goals, um, but that kicker, in fairness, has been criticised at times. He's had some difficult times throughout the course of his career, and was it was difficult to take the defeat on board. It was it was good to see him kick a significant field goal, because he's had a tough time at times. He's had a good season, but there's been instances we saw a, an easy field goal missed a chip shot in 
in London as it happened when we were over there. And for the Giants, look, the Giants are still in the position that every Giants fan would have dreamed of, which is to beat the Colts on Sunday. You don't need any other results and they're in the, in the playoffs. And bearing in mind, they played a few weeks ago against the, the Eagles, who were the number one seed, and they were very, you know, there was no, they, weren't, they didn't match up at all. I felt they matched up quite well against the Vikings team. Nearly got it done. And we've seen in the past where teams lose a closer in, in the regular season, find, them, find themselves playing them again in the, in the, in the playoffs. I managed to win that time round. I wouldn't be it wouldn't be against the possibility the Giants could play the Vikings again, um, and in the playoffs, and who knows if we'll turn them over. But uh, for the Vikings, they march on. They've got a tough one this weekend against the Packers. Giants, as I said, can beat the Colts on Sunday at home in MetLife, and that will secure the sixth spot in the playoffs, six eight in in the playoffs, which is a significant season. Bearing in mind what the, what, what was expected of coming into this season. Yeah, like. I mean, at this point, you almost wonder if the Vikings have that team of destiny type feel because they just, it, they find new ways to win. It's not just the same thing. It's not that like Cousins is finding Jefferson at the end. They they are at times coming up um, with, with different ways. For the Giants, like uh, the Giants are way ahead of schedule. So no matter, I think, how it plays out, yeah, of course, there would be enormous disappointment if they weren't to make it. Um, but at the same time, they are so far ahead of, of schedule. And it will be interesting, I suppose, to see how the Vikings can get on against the, the Packers. As you mentioned there, you know, Packers returning to, to form. Um, but the, the Vikings... The going against everything that you would expect with with the Vikings, like the, for the Vikings kicker to make it. Now this has happened to the Vikings in some seasons previously, and generally what it leads to ultimately is incredible heartbreak in the playoffs. And um, we the 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 ice bowl uh, game a few years ago, um, where it was so cold, um, that the the Viking horn actually uh, broke. And um, that missed the the field goal at the very end, and so many heartbreaks over the the years. But um, this year, yeah, they they just look um really really good, and they seem to have under O'Connell talked about the culture change there and the fact that he makes players better. Um, but also the ability to rebound. So when they do make mistakes, like Kirk Cousins previously had had a tendency to really get in his head. And when he made a mistake, he wouldn't bounce back. He would allow it to uh, impact on him. And that seems to have, have changed. So, yeah, look, the the Vikings, we will we will see for, for them, you know, how far they can go for the Giants. It is about ensuring that um, they get to the depths. It's interesting because I was reflecting on when the Eagles won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago and they played the Vikings in the championship game and they blew them out. And the Vikings had come off that Minnesota miracle against the Saints and everybody just assumed the, the momentum was there, the Super Bowl was in their stadium that year and it didn't materialise and right now we're, we're, it, things are tracking me in a way where we could see a repeat of that championship game. Obviously they played each other in week two this season and it was a similar scenario with the Eagles put a beat down on them. We, we, we'd be interested if they come around again how close it'd be. The Vikings for me yeah it is a great start on, but this number two seed is critical in my opinion. They need to get it. Like the 49ers we're going to come to the 49ers Shortly, but the way in which they're playing at the moment, having won eight in a row, they need to be home for that wildcard game. They need to be home for the divisional round. I've, if they go on the road and they end up in San Fran, divisional round, you know, that, I think ultimately that's where the difficulty will 
will come for them. They need to make sure they're playing these games at home. But look, right now, if as a Vikings fan, you couldn't be more pleased. Interesting one now. Next one, got on them. We all picked the Lions. We the dreaded vote of confidence that they would go in there and beat the Panthers. Bear in mind the Panthers the week before were beaten by the Steelers and beaten badly by the Steelers because their running game that we spoke about, the three-headed monster of Hubbard, Blackspear, Foreman, didn't do anything as Steelers only ran down only 21 yards in rushing that week. And yet last week against the Lions, we the Lions seemed to revert back to what we saw earlier in the season. They put up 320 yards rushing against that Lions defence on Sunday. But not only that, they were also very good you know, in terms of the passing attack, Sam Darren had a really strong game. They were well coached. I mean, even in the second half when they were up by the scores, the methodical drives, the, the killing of the the clock, they were using the clock, fake clock right down to the very last second to eat as much time off the clock. And the Lions really had no answers for them on Sunday. There was a point in the early, sorry, late in the second half where the Lions were in the red zone and looked like maybe they were turning, turning the game on its head and then Goff goes and uh, fumbles. And then resulting drive from the Panthers is a 90-yard drive and a touchdown, which essentially kind of put the game away, capped off with a field goal before halftime to go 24-7 up. Immediate stop at the start of the second half, and then the next resulting drive for the Panthers, touchdown. I mean, the game finished 37-23, and there was a few garbage time scores lay on for the, for the Lions. Really kind of, for me, it doesn't do a reflection of how dominant the Panthers were. And it's a huge loss for the Lions, bearing in mind that they still have to go to Green Bay on the final weekend of the of the season would probably look like a nothing game for the Packers a few weeks ago only for them to be back in, in the fall it's it's heating up to a big game but for the Panthers like this is where they wanted to be you know this this the coach everybody's talking about this coach now potentially being the permanent head coach and they go into Tampa on Sunday with an opportunity to beat the Bucks, go go top of the division with one game to go I mean it's a huge it's been a huge despite the defeat last week you couldn't be more impressed with this Panthers team right now no, and Steve Wills is doing a fantastic job, um, and and rightly, you know, is in has to be has to have forced himself into consideration. And, and if he doesn't get it there, I'm sure somebody else will look at him. I mean, this they're on their third QB, his best player traded away. Yeah, I, look, it was all about the the ground game on on both sides. The fact that the Panthers were able to run all over the Lions and the fact that the Lions could not move the ball on the ground whatsoever. Jared Goff was the Lions' top rusher with 15 yards. That that t- tells its own story. Really, really disappointing um, for the, the Lions because they had been playing so well. But yeah, look, Kip, uh, again, we'll probably come to it later. Um, the, the Bucks finding ways as well but you would have to say if you're the Panthers and you're looking at the Bucks' performance there shouldn't be a whole lot of fear there they should be able to, to go into this game and think that they are certainly capable uh, of winning it and who, who knows wouldn't that be a story for the ages um, you know all the people who say there's no point in changing uh, a head coach uh, midway through the, the season in the NFL because your rosters are essentially set you can't do anything um, well my goodness uh, Steve Wilkes might uh, prove them all wrong. We we shall see. Still a way to go, of course, but certainly impressive nonetheless. I'll throw another intriguing subplot into this uh, column. I mean, we probably will pick up on this game maybe later on in the show. It wasn't the, the best game, bearing in mind the adverse weather conditions in Cleveland, but the Saints have won. They're now level on, on the same record as the Panthers. And if the Bucks, if sorry, if the Panthers were to win on Sunday, 
and the Saints somehow managed to win in the t- they've got a tough game in Philadelphia obviously but then they played each other last weekend to see and that could be the game you know with, with a three three game swing you've got all three teams potentially going into the last weekend and the Falcons play at home to the Bucks in the last weekend Does it look, despite the records there's a lot of intriguing storylines to come in this division it's not a, it's not a slam dunk obviously if the Bucks win this weekend the division is over they will rightly walk away into the division then um, but like as you said, they're not playing well. They got over the line in, in Arizona, and we will probably pick up slightly on that game later on. But look, there's a lot to play for this weekend. It's a great win for the Panthers. Um, we're going west now. We're going out to uh, out to Santa Clara. The Forty uh, ers did what everybody expected to do, which was to to beat the Commanders in twenty-seven twenty. It seems like a bit more of a dominant score than than I felt it was. Um, I mean, the Commanders Commanders come into the game. They have they have the ball offensively for thirty-five minutes of the game. To keep the score, you know, very close, to, uh, you know, for the first half, there was very little done. It was close going into the second half. And then Brock Pordy and Vernonson, he took over at 224 yards. Two touchdowns again. There was a couple of intercessions in there. It wasn't as secure as he, as he looked over the past few weeks. But again, the uh, I think the, the, the Heineke storyline and the, the, the nice storyline of him bringing the, uh, the commanders to the playoffs is starting to run its course. We saw in the, some of the players how frustrated... Ron Rivera was, he saw he was very frustrated and animated about a fort and fort and one that they couldn't get over the line, which was kind of a big game changer. And dead yet for the team that were top ten against the against the run, they now the forty nine score hundred and fifty three yards. It's only helps Brock Porty as well to win a game where you've got your Denise McCaffrey and, and Wilson able to do strong things in the run game and that was quite disappointing. I thought the uh, commanders would have done a better job there, but the forty ers keep moving on and for the commanders look the first thing for the commanders going into this game was they knew they knew even when if they had an off they still remained in the seventh seed but I think the big story talking about coming out of the game was the benching of Hoying and, and the fact that he brought back in Carson Wentz I kind of got the, the feel that Rivera just wants to play Wentz but he feels obliged to play Hoying and he finally made smart and made that decision to bring Wentz back in I'm not sure who's going to start this week I'd imagine Bernard Moyne have the game played out I think he will he will run with Wentz to play home to the Browns on Sunday in a must win game but um it, it, look, it played out as we talked, but um, that's the storyline for me. Where are they going now? This this quarterback story, you know, storyline has been there from the last off season, and it's going to remain in place no matter what the circumstances of the end of the season for the Commanders. Yeah, I look. I mean, the the Commanders. It is all about the, the QB. You would say that the wide receivers. I mean, Dotson is a guy who had a lot of questions when he went. People were wondering, you know, how how he would transition into the league he's been he's been great um but the the qb is the the conundrum for them and this 49ers team are just they, i mean they, they bully you we've talked about that on the, the show before they absolutely dominate you and they bully you and even with a qb3 um they they put up points and for for them yeah they are nobody is going to enjoy facing them and uh if you have to to go uh there to um to california that's uh an issue but they have shown over the last two years um you know the the sunshine boys went up to lambo and in the freezing cold they shut down the packers they're capable of going anywhere even in to philadelphia and getting a, a win very very impressive from kyle shannon yeah, yeah, very, very, really good, strong performance. You're right. No matter where they go on the road, we've seen it before. They can, they can find wins. 
if that is the NFC Championship game, it will be a really enticing one to look forward.